Search funds. I'm getting a lot of questions about search funds this week. We're talking about search funds. Everyone, it's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Is Google Play still around? Amazon. Amazon has podcasts. They put me on Amazon just recently. Anyway, anywhere they'll have me, I try to sign up. I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. And this week, I'm going to be talking about search funds, which have become more and more popularized and uh, I'm starting to see more and more questions about them. So uh, I wanted to just take a few minutes to talk about what a search fund is, talk about the pros and cons that I see, and then just make you aware of one very important detail about search funds that not many people pick up on, which creates a lot of confusion, uh, particularly amongst people who are interested in my videos. So, <clears throat> so why is that? I'm going to start with that. My videos that I do are about my experience, knowledge, and how-to in the world of buying and selling Main Street businesses. And here's the, here's the hard thing. <clears throat> There's no hard and fast definition of a small business. Different people in different industries or government or whatever you have will have different ways of, of determining what is a small business. So for example, some places in the government, they might determine by the number of employees, for example. Um, in banks, they might have a certain dollar limit for their loans. They might categorize a business based on how much they borrow. And so the, the metric that I use is that a Main Street business, that's why I don't use the word small business, I use Main Street. A Main Street business will have a cash flow under $500,000. And when you look at the revenue of that business, it can mean that the revenue could be from a few hundred thousand all the way up to several million, depending on the industry and the average cost of goods sold. So you could have a fuel oil distributor or a fish processing plant with tens of millions of dollars of revenue, but because their cost of goods sold is 95%, it's still a Main Street business that employs a dozen people or what have you and earns a couple hundred grand. Even though tens of millions of dollars flow through that business every year, still a small business, a Main Street business. Now here's why I point out this very important fact because the idea of a search fund, and we'll get into that in a minute, was popularized by a book called the Harvard Business Review Guide to Buying Small Businesses. Now, they use the words small business in the title of that book, but in the very beginning in the introduction, the author talks about how they consider a small business to be one with revenue of 10 to $15 million, which almost certainly places them outside of the league of what I talk about generally, which is Main Street businesses. So the, and don't forget, I mean, this is, these are the people at Harvard, right? So I mean, a lot of big business stuff, a lot of big business ideas are going on over at Harvard and they're, they're connected to Wall Street and, and all that culture. So obviously a business with 10 or 15 million revenue would be considered small by their standards. And so a lot of people will read that book and they'll contact me and they'll be exploring ideas from the book in the Main Street market, which just don't translate that well. So I wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. What those businesses would be classified in my nomenclature of what I typically talk about here is those would be lower mid-market businesses getting north of that $500,000 of EBITDA. And, and this is important because let me explain what a search fund is. Um, in the book, they describe a Harvard MBA student, you know, graduates from university, wants to then go out and find a position for themselves in the world. 
And traditionally, that would mean being hired at a company and having a career and going through the corporate ladder, etc. And so <clears throat> what these guys are talking about is instead of doing that, some of these MBA graduates are going around finding investors, or maybe they have money of their own if they're you know, from a wealthy family or whatnot. And they're creating a pool of money, and they're using that money to take a salary and cover expenses to engage in a full-time business search effort. So their full-time job working for the search fund, and this is where the, the, the name search fund comes from, is a fund of money just to pay for a search. And so investors will put money into a search fund. Why on earth would anyone put money into a fund just to pay someone to go look for a business? And, and the MBA student who's doing this, their goal is that they're going to become the president, CEO of the business that gets acquired. So, so this is a career path for that MBA student, for example. So why would an investor put money in? Well, the opportunity is that you put money into the search fund. When the search fund discovers gold, you know, they find a great opportunity, those initial investors then have the opportunity to put in more capital to become the investors that help to facilitate the acquisition of the business. So it's all based on the premise that the MBA student themselves probably doesn't have a lot of their own money. So they bring these investors in to represent the equity investment and then maybe borrow money, maybe, you know, from a, like they borrow money from a bank, just like anyone would buy a business. And the equity comes from these investors. So they need to be in a situation where the cash flow is north of $500,000 of EBITDA because out of the, out of the cash flow of the business, that MBA student has to draw a salary commensurate with being a Harvard MBA, right? Number one. Uh, number two, there also has to be free cash flow available to cover the debt that they take on and pay some kind of return to those cash investors who put up equity. So we're not talking about Main Street businesses. Again, to reiterate, we're talking about lower middle market businesses. Now, since the book came out, the idea has become very popular and it's become popular to the point that there were, you know, pre-COVID, there were industry events. Uh, one of the people that was in my Business Buyer Advantage group uh, business Buyer Adventure Group Coaching Program uh, actually attended a search fund event, expo, seminar, etc. in California, um, and he said there were over 100 people there, and there were investors there actually, you know, saying, you know, tell us what kind of business you're looking for. We're willing to put money into these search funds. So, again, it's a field of buyers, and largely they're in that pig and peg space, the private equity group, private investment group space. The difference being is that private investing investment groups and private equity groups have money and they're looking to buy something. The search fund has a main principal who's looking to buy something which he will then run, he or she will then run. And they don't necessarily have the money raised in advance. What they have is the promise of future capital being raised from these investors. And this this brings me to my pros and cons list because I, I wrote these out because I didn't want to didn't want to forget anything. So some of the pros of a search fund, right? Number one, full-time effort. Um, a lot of the guys that are in my business buyer adventure group coaching program have a full-time job or career or they're running a business and they're trying to look for a business to buy as well. And so the fact that their full-time efforts are being taken up through managing their business or earning their income means that they have less time available to undertake searching. So, you know, obviously if your full-time employment for the next two years is finding a business, you've got more time to put into that. 
Um, another pro is that you have investor support. So the reason why a lot of people that work with me don't quit their job and go looking for a business full-time is because then they'd have no income, right? Makes sense. Under a search fund, the person doing the searching does have an income. They can draw a salary from the fund. That's one of the purposes of the fund. So they're full-time gainfully employed and paid to be searching for this business. Another pro, forces you to buy a real business um, and to deliver investor returns. So the sometimes what happens when people are out buying a business is they get caught up in buyer fever, which means they end up falling in love with a business that isn't quite the right business for them and it doesn't quite earn the right amount of money, but they fall in love with the idea of managing such a business. And here where I live, you can meet any number of hundreds of people who've bought bed and breakfasts and other kind of lifestyle businesses that don't really earn much money uh, because they they fall in love with the idea and they want to do it. Um, if a search fund operator <coughs> decided to <coughs> excuse me, go back to his investors and say, look, I found a really great B&B along the beautiful coastline, they would laugh and feel he would feel shame and go away, right? So that's not going to happen. It's going to be a real business. Okay, here are the cons, right? Con number one, as money starts to run out, if you're not able to identify an acquisition target, then all of a sudden the search fund can fall under the power of compulsion where the, the search funder starts to feel needy and desperate and that they have to get a deal done. I've, you know, you can talk to people in the M&A space. This happens in the world of mutual funds. It happens in the world of private equity groups where if the money piles up and there's no deals being done, the people who operate those funds feel compelled to do some kind of investment or else the investors feel that they're not doing anything with the money, right? In this case, the MBA graduate, if they can't find a business within the 18-month or two-year time frame that they've established as the timeline for the fund, if they can't find something, they're going to feel compelled to do any deal, even if it's not the right deal, which can lead to danger. Um, another con of a search fund, obligation to the investors. So... One of the biggest reasons why people come and work with me and join my business buyer adventure group coaching program is because they want to achieve independence and freedom in their life. Well, if you run a business that is owned by an investor group that you you know created, you're beholden to them. You have to report to them. You're going to have general meetings every year where you have to demonstrate that you're delivering for them. And if you're not, they're going to fire you and find somebody else to run the business because they are the owners. And in a lot of this search fund methodology is based around the idea that the investors put in money to get a return, but there's some kind of deal arranged so that the entrepreneur eventually can buy them out over time with proceeds from the business, which is great, but you have to make it through the gauntlet to actually get to that point. You have to have the profits and have the returns and have the cash flow to actually buy them out before it becomes just your business. Um, the Another con is that sometimes when people are looking to buy a business, they might be looking for a certain kind of business and then they identify one that's a little bit smaller um, and it doesn't quite meet their initial criteria, but they can see great promise and they understand ways that they can help grow that business. Um, in a search run scenario, if the business is too small, then the investors may not agree to then pony up the second round of financing. Because if they don't agree with you about the growth potential of the business that you found, they don't, I mean, nothing is forcing them to put up even more money. And, and this is one of the other things that is coming up increasingly online 
um, in the LinkedIn circles that I chit chat with from time to time is that there are more and more and more people that have attended these weekend seminars from these guys that I've talked about in other videos who promise that they're going to be able to teach you how to buy a business with no money. And the, the brokers and sellers of these businesses are becoming increasingly attuned to wanting demonstrations of your equity, demonstrations of your net worth, demonstrations of your available cash before they'll invest any time with you. And the very definition of a search fund is that the money is raised to conduct the search and then there's a second round of investment to then make the acquisition, which means a lot of these search fund people are approaching business owners and sort of trying to figure out deals with them and they don't have the cash resources in place yet. They have to find the deal off and first then go back to their investor group in order to get those funds. And so there can be some pushback from the intermediary community who says, yeah, I know that you got investment and I know you're in Harvard MBA or what have you, but unless you can show us that you can really do the deal, we're going to go talk to these guys over here because they are able to demonstrate that they have the money. So um, so those are kind of the pros and cons that I see. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people who are, you know, have means, they have a certain amount of wealth. They're deciding to go and be a full-time searcher. That's one thing that I'm seeing. So it's kind of like a search fund, but it's self-funded. Um, it's an interesting idea. And I think it could be very, a very good plan for some people. Um, and you know, here are the pros and cons. So what do you think? Also, I'm also getting a lot of questions about how come my videos don't get enough views. Um, and the answer is because the channel is not monetized. Because the channel is not monetized, there's nothing in it for YouTube to get other people to watch my channel because they don't earn ad revenue from it. So I really rely on you guys. If you like the video, click the like button. If you've seen several of my videos, click the subscribe button because we have to work extra hard to get the algorithm to work because YouTube doesn't make money by sharing my videos, okay? And if you think that you wanna buy a business one day and you wanna do it the right way and control risk, sign up for my online course, Business Buyer Advantage. Go to businessbuyeradvantage.com. The only place you can buy my online course is from my website, businessbuyeradvantage.com. And um, if you have any questions, just email me. Contact details are down below. I love you all very much. Have a great day.